Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. Hello, good people of the podcast world listeners. What? (laughs) (laughs) In a dark, dark world, there's a dark, dark I can't do this. <laughs> you sounded creepy enough. Because <laughs> you threw me off. You're like, hello, <laughs> listeners and podcast people. <laughs> I got distracted <laughs> by the lines of the audio. <laughs> Should we start over? I don't know. <gasps> hello. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Are you? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, so in a dark, dark world, there lives a dark, dark podcast called audio shelf after dark which is dead which is dead (laughs) uh so what are we doing today (laughs) i don't even know (laughs) today we are doing in in a a dark 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 world world. wood is it world or wood it's wood (laughs) (laughs) i'm drunk i'm just kidding in a dark dark wood the author is ruth ware the narrator is Imogen Church. Imogen. Hey, Imogen. Hi. The publisher is Simon & Schuster Audio. The audiobook release date was August 4th, 2015. And the duration is 9 hours and 41 minutes. The genre is suspense, psychological thriller, and never trust someone named Flo and believes in Ouija boards. <laughs> just gonna throw that out there come on now Ouija boards you know a friend is moving that I just always remember the commercials for Ouija board when they like tried to bring it back yes. and like Hasbro made it yes and they're like are you moving it no you're moving it no I'm moving it it's like <laughs> hey stop you're all moving it you dimwits <laughs> you this is why I hate children <laughs> And it's like it's like the worst form of communication with the dead. It really is. There's so many better forms of communication with talking to the dead. Yes. So get on our level. Yeah. Okay? Ouija boards are for children. Mm. Ghosts are for adults. Exactly. <laughs> so true, though. <laughs> it is. Uh, all right. So this summary of In a Dark, Dark Wood. Wood. <laughs> is taken from Amazon. Dun, dun, dun. What should be a cozy, fun-filled weekend deep in the English countryside takes a sinister turn in Ruth Ware's suspenseful, compulsive, and darkly twisted psychological thriller. Just a little setup there for you. (laughs) Exactly. Leonora, known to some as Lee and others as Nora, is a reclusive crime writer unwilling to leave her nest of an apartment unless it's absolutely necessary. When a friend she hasn't seen or spoken to in years unexpectedly invites Nora or Lee to a weekend away at at her hen party, which I'm going to start calling all bachelorette parties and bachelor parties hen parties, to a weekend away in an eerie glass house deep in the English countryside, she reluctantly, I hate that word, She reluctantly agrees to make the trip. 48 hours later, she wakes up in a hospital bed, injured but alive, with the knowledge that someone is dead, wondering not what happened, but what have I done? Nora, or Lee, tries to piece together the events of the past weekend, working to uncover secrets, reveal motives, and find answers. Nora, or Lee, must revisit parts of herself that she would much rather leave buried where they belong. 
in the past. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm. Where did we get that thing again? Was it Amazon? Amazon. Was it Amazon? It was Amazon. Hmm. Amazon. Yep. It was Amazon. So let's talk about this book. I mean, this is a pretty old book. Pretty 2000, old. 2015. That was around the same time we were thinking of Audio Shelf. That was, actually. So it's pretty, pretty old for us. Kinda. So let's talk about this this performance because we all know and love Imogen Church. Yes. Imogen was perfect, magnificent, as always. If I'm going to go on a limb here and I'm going to say I liked her narration and the story better than A Woman in Cabin 10. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like her narration in A Woman in Cabin 10 was spot on. It was fantastic. It was great. Mm-hmm. Loved it. It had the same quality of... Is this multiple narrators? Yeah. Because you seriously can't tell. But the story for this one was, I feel, much more like tight. Yes. It was very well put together. Yeah. It was like, so I was describing this to Sean, how in A Woman in Cabin 10, we were on the boat like 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. And so we had our scenery of on the boat. It wasn't a time jumper. It wasn't going back and forth. There wasn't any sort of like parallel looking at the world except for the the social media messages yes so we were on the boat all of the time and then suddenly at the end we're like in a town and then we're in a barn and then we're somewhere else and it takes us out of the boat we got so used to the boat that, See, that when we go somewhere yeah. else it was just that whole last part of this the book, i don't even remember i don't remember it mm-hmm. i that's, just that's yeah. a great point because with the the in a dark dark wood i imagined driving up to the cabin Mm -hmm. i imagined like the sun glaring and Mm -hmm. getting out of the car and we're imagining their first initial thoughts of oh this is a nice place this is going to be a great weekend Mm -hmm. and then you experience the weekend and you're in you're in it with them you're with the ouija board you are Playing the charades or whatever, what other games they, they that they played? What um, did they play? I, I just remember Ouija board for some reason. But they were also having like the oh, never have I ever. Oh yeah, they did never have I yes. ever, and then Flo freaked out and Flo, threatened to kill somebody. That was first red flag, Flo. Come on red now, red flag, Flo. Red flag, Flo. So I just I, I was there present with them the entire time, even when uh, Leonora's runs. Mm -hmm. I was imagining running through the woods with her. Yes. And so with cabin, the woman in cabin 10, I just remember boats. Yeah. And like being on a cruise type boat, but it was, I don't even think it was a cruise type boat. Was it? It was, it was, but they were in cabins, but we couldn't really get the sizing of the boat. Yeah. There was just something a little bit off about it, but it, we loved it so much because of Imogen. Because of Imogen, yes. Mm-hmm. And, but, and so I agree yeah. about like driving up to the cabin, being mm-hmm. able to see it. But then also in this one, we have a different, we have a time jump to like Sunday after everything has happened, after all of the events mm-hmm. have happened at this cabin. Um, then we have uh, Leonora in a hospital. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I could see the hospital too. It Both locations were created so perfectly so detailed mm-hmm. that i i enjoyed being in both spots yes yeah and together they told a story yes exactly mm-hmm. so that's a that's a good point to bring up because you when when you compare authors books together it's hard to sometimes especially popular authors like ruth ware it's hard to kind of figure out what's different uh-huh. between 
this book and that book and then this new upcoming book coming out. Yeah. And you can see how authors maybe tend to grow or even take a step back and say, let me give you some more mystery. Yeah. And sometimes when you take a step back, it's like, hmm, it's interesting that I'm liking this 2015 book compared to Woman in Cabin 10, which came out in 2016, 2017. Right. Yeah. So I forgot when it came out, but I like the older one better. Mm -hmm. The older style. Yeah. Talking about Imogen a little bit more. She was amazing. Yes. Per usual. She is so enjoyable to listen to. She, oh my God. I feel like she's a friend. Yes. Telling us a story. Yeah. And I think that's how all narrators should be. Sometimes you'll listen to books and the narrators are, you know, high pitched in their voice, trying to just read the story instead of really tell the story. Yeah. And Imogen is just one person that I can always rely on within in my ears, feeling like she's right next to me. Yeah. Saying, oh, and then we were at the cabin and then we were doing this. And yeah. then we're, I'm like, oh, my God, yes, tell me everything. And that's when I noticed the books go by quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really does have a narrator does have an effect on, on the story. Absolutely. And. Imogen's effect on a story is just it just makes it so much more enjoyable so much more easier to listen to I mean nine hours I feel like nowadays with like thrillers and stuff like that they stick mostly in like the eight to ten hour range Mm -hmm. so this is like just on the edge of that ten hour time limit but it seriously felt like it was four hours long yeah like I could not stop listening to this I started this on a Monday evening and oh no, Tuesday evening or Tuesday morning. And I finish it Friday afternoon, but I have a five minute commute. So even with that tiny commute and then also listening while I was making dinner or um, on the elliptical because I'm trying to work out now. Mm. But listening, even in those short times, I felt like I still got it done. Yeah. And of course, I listened to it on about 1.5 speed. So it was a little, you know, fast, but with Imogen, it doesn't matter because she's so clear and distinct that speeding it up would not matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did 1.2 and I started it on Thursday, yesterday Mm -hmm. from when we're recording and I finished it on Thursday. Yeah. I just could not stop. I Mm -hmm. stayed up until like five o'clock in the morning listening to this because I could not stop listening. How are you awake? I don't know. Mm. It's just running off a chicken salad right now. I do love chicken salad. Chicken salad's delicious. Uh, I love it even when they put grapes in it. Yeah. This one didn't have grapes in it, but it had like mustard seeds. (gasps) Oh, gosh. Mm. Mustard seeds. Oh, it's good. It's Mm. good. And radishes and cucumbers. Oh, my God. That sounds delicious. Oh, it is. It is. Mm. So another thing I want to add with this is I was actually reading a physical book during the audiobook of... Um, in a dark, dark wood, and a physical book was not related to this book. It was another book. How that re- the hell did you do that? So I was reading the, every moment after. Oh, okay. Wait a second. Like re- reading the physical. I like thought a- you had this in your ears at the same time that you were reading the other book. Yeah, no, that would have been bad. That would have been really bad. I was like, "What are you talking about yeah. right now? How did you do exactly. that?" Exactly. Um, but I did listen to music while I was reading the, uh, the other book, which was the first time I ever did that. But I was listening to music I wouldn't get up and dance to. Oh, okay. So if that helped. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I was, I'm telling you this because I would rather, I really wanted to just listen to this book solely. Mm-hmm. But I had to read 
every moment after because of the review that we were recording this today. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, I have to get done, done this book, but I really want to get back to In a Dark, Dark Wood. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's a good, that's, that's evident that it's a good book. Uh-huh. I didn't even want to browse. Like, usually when I'm listening to a book and I'm, like, laying in bed, mm-hmm. I'll start browsing Reddit or just my, like, Google news cards and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, the most recent things that are happening. But I found myself getting distracted from the book. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be distracted from the book because it has so many details. If you miss a single thing about a character description you could miss what the entire point of the plot is potentially. Mm -hmm. So I just put my phone off. I turn the screen off and just listen. Yeah. It's very rare that I do that. And Imogen has that way of really connecting with you and pulling you into the story. Yeah. And I just, that's why I love Imogen Church. Yeah. She's amazing. She is. And she shared like the same interest in the, in the story. Like you were saying, it's like, she's telling you this story because she lived it. Mm -hmm. It, it, that's how much interest she puts into her reading. Yeah. I mean, it's just phenomenal. It's A+. plus. Mm. So we already talked about the fact that the nine hours was like a perfect amount of time. Yep. And we talked about how amazing Imogen was. Yeah. So and the picture that we got from. Yes. And the picture. It was a, it was a nice. The, the audiobook helped us paint a wonderful picture of the book mm-hmm. and the setting. Let's talk about the content. Yeah. Let's chat about it. Yeah. Because we have some thoughts. We do. So, so let's you talk begin. About, yes. I want to talk about my favorite characters in the book. Okay. You go first. So I loved Leonora as the main character. I felt like she was someone that didn't give her enough her, herself enough credit. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, you learn that, you know, she's a writer and she even says things like, um, I don't want people to really read my work because it's my vulnerable my own like opinions and thoughts and it leaves me vulnerable. And so you just have this idea of like, Oh, she's an artistic, but she doesn't like to be out in the, in a, in the public uh, view. Mm -hmm. So then you're, then you worry about when she gets an invitation to this friend's hen party, which is a bachelorette party in England or London. They're the same place, right? Europe. No, I feel like I just said something stupid. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be the first time during this episode that we did, that we said something dumb. So that's true. <laughs> um, but she gets invited, and you're like, "Why is she invited?" And the entire time, I'm like, "Why is she there?" Like, yeah. The entire book, I'm like, "I need to find out why she's there." But you know, the best part is that Nora was also asking herself that same question. Yes, I love that about a character when they have yes. the same insight that we are having. Yes, there were moments where. We'll get back to your favorite characters in a second. But there were moments where they were doing something like the Ouija board. And I would say like um, Flo was getting on Nora for something, for like moving it or something. And I was just like, tell her no. Like say this or like when the police were interviewing Mm -hmm. her, just being like, tell them that you lost your, your phone at one point, like going to the shooting range. And I thought for sure that Nora wouldn't say anything Mm -hmm. and that because that's usually how thriller heroines work is that they just are, they lose all sense of Mm themselves when they start getting questioned, even though they potentially could be innocent. Yeah. But then she said it. Yes. She brought up the same points that I was saying out loud and it just felt so smart and that Ruth Ware wasn't trying to play us as the audience or reader Mm -hmm. as idiots. Yeah. And she wasn't trying to make us doubt our main characters at all. She was showing that like, 
no, this is the thought process. It's the same yeah. as yours. And Ruth Ware really did a wonderful thing with inviting doubt yeah. into this in the into the story. Like, yes, I think I was telling you earlier, I think the book was fairly predictable. Mm-hmm. However, it was a good kind of predictable yeah. because I had this thought of, oh, this person definitely did this, but I have no idea how they did it. Mm-hmm. And I think I enjoyed that more in a thriller than sometimes being completely surprised out of left field. Oh, that person's the killer. How did that person become become the killer? Yeah. And so knowing that we all along we're like either this person A or B did this and then the end A or B were involved somehow shape or form yeah then you're then you just kind of like put it together of oh that's how they did it oh my god that explains that and this you know I really love that in a thriller mystery mm-hmm. and I think Rue, Ruth does a really good job at that yeah and making his doubt even the main character because when the when the main character is doubting herself, I'm like, oh, my God, maybe I, f- I feel that. Yeah. And and Imogen through her narration makes me doubt her. Yeah. As a, the main character. Yeah. So they said in some other reviews and I think in the description of the book at some point that she was an unreliable narrator. Maybe I was looking it up on Goodreads or something. And it was saying that Nora is an unreliable narrator. And I kind of have to disagree. Yeah. I don't think she's unreliable in the same sense that... Like Gone Girl. Yeah, like Gone Girl is unreliable. Like she literally lied to our faces. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not that. Like I, I would even now, after we've read so many books, going back to the girl on the train, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call her an unreliable narrator either. That I mean, is true. Because she's very reliable it's just everyone around her doubts her. Yeah. And so it does get to a point where you're like, well, should I be trusting her? Should we be trusting Nora? Yeah. But to me, that's not unreliable. No, it's not. Unreliable is you personally and like one purposely left me out of something. Yes. And I really like what you're hitting on here is because I agree. I the entire time I was like, yeah, she could have done it, but she probably has no memory. And I honestly believe her not having any memory. Yeah. And agree with the um the girl in train, she has been through so much in her life. She probably could, and she was an alcoholic. Yeah, she might not have memory of this, and we can't. Right. We, can't, I mean, yeah, she's if she did it, then she's bad. But if she didn't, we're, I feel really bad for believing other people over her. Exactly. Yeah. So our narrators in this book, our main character, is reliable completely. She doesn't know the full extent her brain is still blocking out she has basically short-term memory loss within the hospital Mm -hmm. um or not short term she has certain moments that are blocked out because of the trauma yeah so she blocked them out on purpose and so she's trying throughout the book to unlock them Mm. so that's where we get that time jump because when she starts remembering a memory we jump back into the cabin. We go back with her as she is remembering this and taking us through what happened, where people were, who she was talking to, what people's reactions were. And then we go back to the hospital when she can't remember anymore Mm -hmm. and she gets locked out of it. Then we go back to her in the hospital and it's kind of her trying to figure out how she can work with her memory and what she remembers. I'm sensing an Audio Shop Talks episode on this topic. Yeah. Unreliable versus doubt. Yeah. Working title. Working title. Obviously, (laughs) it could be better. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, rely on these unreliables. Yeah, that that could be a good one. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But I think this is a good heavy topic that I don't want it to get lost in one episode. Exactly. I don't want it to get lost in the talking about this book because certainly there have been many books that deal with it. And even Ruth Ware's uh, The Woman in Cabin 10 yeah. dealt with it as well. That one was also, we could predict it. I yeah. mean, we pretty much knew what happened from the beginning, but it was just everybody else piling on the main character, trying and to gaslight her and gaslighting yeah. her. And so Ruth Ware has this interesting way of writing, even though we prefer this book to The Woman in Cabin 10. We still really enjoy The Woman in Cabin 10. Yeah, we did. Um, but Ruth Ware has this interesting way of giving you the answer, but the the process of figuring out the why and the how is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's not the who done it. Exactly. So I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. But also with this book, my character, that, a character that I really liked was Nina. I loved Nina. Every time I saw her, like I like heard her name. I was like, Nina West. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Nina was the best friend, not best friend. She was also in the friend group with Nora and Claire, who Nora hadn't seen Claire in 10 years after a an incident had happened. And um, she ha- she sees Nina in passing every now and again, but they're not as close as they once were. And Nina sees Claire in passing as well. Yeah. So they get invited to this hen party, like the description was saying, and by Flo. Mm-hmm. By this woman named Flo, who is just very happy, it seems, from her email. Wants everybody to go. Not everybody can go. They invite about 12 people. Six end up agreeing, Mm -hmm. including Claire. They go to the cabin. Flo shows herself to be a crazy wackadoodle. She is. She's a little nutso. Yeah. No spoilers. She threatens to kill Nora on the first night Mm -hmm. because Nina does the never have I ever slept with so-and-so. Never have I ever slept with James. Yeah. (laughs) Nora freaks out because James is her ex and Claire is marrying James. Drama. Drama central. Dang. But Nora and James broke up when they were like 16 Mm -hmm. and it's 10 years later. Get over it, Henny. So Nora like freaks out, cries, runs to the room. Flo is like, you're ruining Claire's hen. You're ruining this for all of us. And I just want this to be perfect. You are a B word. Like, Yes. I'm going to kill you if you don't come out. If you if you ruin this for Claire, I will murder you. End your life. I will end you. And Nora's just like, whoa. Whoa, girl. What the heck is going on? She just closes the door in her face. Calm down, public school. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't know how London school works. Yes. But if it's like flow, failing. Failing. Failing the system. Mm-hmm. It was scary. Flo was definitely a scary character mm-hmm. to be in a house with. It made me want to leave. Yeah. Like I kept going back to your 30th birthday weekend. Uh-huh. And I was like, if somebody like Flo was in that house. Oh, that would have been horrific. I would have hopped in the car and left because it was very similar. It was It was very similar. It was open. Mm-hmm. It was dark. There was no streetlights. When it yeah. got dark, the entire house was dark. Yes. Didn't even realize that we were in the hot tub and there was like 
pitch black. It, but it was like pitch black, but, <laughs> but it was screens. But it looked like yeah, it looked like a black wall. Yeah. So it <laughs> that may just, have been the alcohol. <laughs> it may have been, but. It, there were no windows. Yeah, that's so, like, true. So like everybody could hear us. Yes, and we were sitting there like, Woo-hoo! we're like screaming. <laughs> it was, it was weird. Uh, but if somebody was like that with Flo, somebody Flo, was there that was like Flo. Flo wouldn't have had it. She oh would have went crazy. Yeah. Threw him outside. Yeah. Put him in a ditch. Put them in a ditch, and left them. Yes, in the dock, dock like, wood. That's what would have been across the street. The surprise across the street would exactly. have been Flow Crazy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, the the content in this book is insane. It makes you feel so uneasy. Yes, it really does. And the ending was so well done. Mm-hmm. And. I just I, I was so excited to be finished. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my God, now I, I gotta go talk about this with someone. Yeah. yeah. So oh it was gosh. great. What it a was, great book. It really it it's a book that honestly gets your heart pumping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Mm. I'm excited because I think Ruth Ware is coming out with another one soon. Also, I think this is going to be a movie. Is it? I Google searched and I saw Reese Witherspoon. <sighs> I mean, Reese is just sucking up all the book books. She and is. Movies. She really. She really is. Um, I don't I, know how I feel but about I don't it. think. I don't know if would I want her to Americanize this and make it a Southern story because you know that's what's going to happen. I don't know. I would really much prefer this to be in England. Yes, because I think that would make it like that much stronger. And I think it makes sense to call it a hen party because. Really, they're not going to call it a hen party in an American movie. Let's be real. Reese Witherspoon is developing a movie based on Ruth Ware's mystery novel in a dark, dark wood. New Line Cinema has acquired the film rights from Gotham Group, which will produce Witherspoon's specific standard banner. That was in 2015, though. Oh, so it's where is it? Where is it? Where is the movie? Where is the movie? Oh, she said a writer in 2018 for it. Oh, nice. Okay, so we're making progress. Yeah, yeah. Making progress. Slowly coming along. I always get this book mixed up with Tanya French's Into the Woods. It's basically like the same cover. Oh. And it makes me like go crazy. <laughs> every time I see them, I'm like, oh, do I have this one? Wait, no, that's Ruth Ware. And I'm like, oh, no, that's Tanya French. And it's literally, the, it's a white cover with black... Um, lines like like spider either spider webs or trees. Who came out with their book first? I don't know. I think. Let's see. What was the name of it? Into the woods. Into by Tanya French. Woods. Tana French. Tana French. Tana French. Tana. Oh yeah. See, they're very similar. 2007. So Tana French's book actually came first. Oh, Tana French came first. Mm-hmm. She done already have hers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonder if Reese Witherspoon bought this one, too. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon? Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Man, so I'm excited. I I would love... Who would you want to see in it? You know Reese Witherspoon is going to be in it. I'm thinking Emily Blunt. Ooh. Emily Blunt as Nina. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Okay, is but Nina, no, Nina's Nina, supposed to be Brazilian. Is she? Yeah. Really? She's like six foot. But she was hot Spanish. AF. Oh, wait, no. She was Spanish. No, she was English, I thought. Brad. What? <laughs> Sweet, innocent summer child, Brad. Can you be a Brazilian and yes. English? Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> Yo, 
So someone from Brazil or okay. someone who has Brazilian parents Hola. who moved to no, they speak Portuguese in, in Brazil. Okay, beijos. That's kisses in Portuguese. Is it? Yes. <laughs> Some her parents could have moved to England. Cheerio. When she was little, or she could have moved to England when she was like little and had been raised in England, but still be Brazilian. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> Don't doubt me. So fine. Emily Blunt can be. I don't want her to be flow. That would be. That would be good as flow, though. Really? I don't okay, see no, Emily Blunt being no. like chipper and Who like, do- oh my God, girls, we're going to do this. <laughs> no, I don't either. You know? She's kind of demonic. Yes. Who could she be, Claire? She could be but Claire. But she was already oh, Rachel she was in, yeah, she in was. Girl, Girl on the Train. How about, oh, I don't know. What other British actresses okay, do we know? But do we think, can Reese Witherspoon do a British accent? I really Have we don't ever think, heard her do one? I think she'll just produce it. Okay. Okay. I, re- I really think she'll just produce it. Who are some other British people? Because I don't see Reese in any of these roles. Well, okay. Well, also, yeah, because also they're supposed to be 26 and 27. Correct. Like they're not in their 40s or anything like Correct. that. Correct. And Reese is more mature. Even even Emily is a little bit more mature for yeah. this. Yeah. They're a little bit too too mature. So, because I was thinking at certain points, Imogen Church with her narration of Flo or Claire, or maybe it was even Nora, would sound like Jillian Anderson. Really? At certain points, I would be like, I could, oh, maybe it was the cop. Oh, uh, uh, what's her name? Larnell? What's her name? I don't know. It was weird. It was long. Yeah, it, it started with an N, but it sounded just like Leonora. Yeah. But it was like Larnell or something like that. I don't know. I forgot. There was a detective in here. She was a female and she was beautiful. Yes. I think that could be played by Jillian Anderson. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. That would be a great one. Yeah. I just, I wish I knew, Like, and it's interesting because I feel like I know a lot of British celebrities. I just don't know who would be a British actress. When we're not on air, we can come up with lists it's of really actors sad. and actresses like nobody's business it's really sad yeah but when we're recording i guess we need to start thinking about this ahead of time who thinks about things ahead of time we used to but we don't anymore no Mm -mm. we never do Mm. dumb oh tatiana maslany (gasps) as who claire 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 i would think nora really yeah nora nora i'm sorry yeah, that's who you're thinking. Yes, of. I'm thinking of Nora. Yeah, <laughs> I keep I keep messing up Claire as our main character, yes. but Nora is our lead. Yes. No, Tatiana Maslany as even though she's Canadian as Nora. Yes, because she has a great English accent. She has great every accent. Yes. Ukrainian. Someone Canadian. From, someone, for someone from Downton Abbey can be someone. Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith can be flow. Can be flow. <laughs> Uh, Dame Maggie Smith. Oh, no, also, um, what's her name? Uh, Claire. Huxtable. No, <laughs> what's her name from the from the Crown? Oh, Claire my. Foy. Claire Foy. Claire Foy. Also heard her voice come through in Imogen as well. Yes, I can see her as in Leonora as well. Yeah. So I really have nobody for Claire and Flo. <laughs> Who would be Tom? Tom. Tom was the only male that was invited on the trip. 
Nina and Nora go back and forth with in a hilarious banter of yes. why it doesn't matter that Tom's gay that and invited bl- to the hen. I was like, yes. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was one of those moments where I was like, well, why does he have to be invited just because he's gay? Yes, Like, exactly. what does it matter if they're like, if they're friends and... And then that's what they said yeah. too. <laughs> and then like the next sentence, it was them talking about the same exact thing. It was hilarious. I can't, I don't know who would be... <gasps> no, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Don't know. I'm really bad know. at this today. Yeah, really bad. So let's move on. Yeah. Because we're failing. We, we got to move mm. on. Today's not a good day for casting couch. No. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Would you shelf it or shove it? 100% shelving this. Yes. Obviously. It seems dumb to even ask that question. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So good. It was so good. Mm. If you have listened to this book or read this book... Please let us know. Tell us what your thoughts were. If you liked it, if you hated it, just share your thoughts with us. We want to hear them. And you can find us on all of the social medias. We are on Twitter at Audio Shelf Me, Facebook at Audio Shelf, and on Instagram at Audio Shelf underscore podcast. We also have a Patreon that you can support if you want to see our show grow. But if you do not, that's totally fine. Just having you listen to this point in our show which is about 30 minutes in is great payment enough for us girl we're gonna edit we gotta edit this down (laughs) um and if you would like any of ruth ware's books for free yeah there's a third one that we need to listen to yes there is oh my god you can go to our website at audioshelf.me and click on the Audible affiliate link to download a 30-day free trial and you can get two free books when you download Mm mm-hmm so thank you for listening to this episode and we cannot wait to bring another review to your ears very soon. So until next time, y'all. Bye. bye. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new podcast episodes every Monday and Thursday and YouTube reviews every Wednesday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. Thank you.